Enoa. 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 In opera, words can be the shadows of music and music can be the shadows of words. But the interesting thing is that you can determine which one is the object and which one is the shadow. And yeah, that's the most interesting part. <laughs> I am Sabrina Pierre. I was born in 1982 in the Parisian suburb and I am a dramatist and a librettist. Hi Sabrina Pierre. Hi Saskia. <laughs> Tell us something about your musical background. When I was a, a child, I trained to be a ballet dancer, but I wasn't good enough, so I stopped. Uh, I, I've always danced uh, for my own pleasure, but in order to be a professional dancer, I stopped at 14, maybe. But as I was training to be a ballet dancer, my parents were told that I had to understand music better. So I've done some uh, musical education uh, for six years. And uh, I tried to play piano. That was quite awful. <laughs> But uh, I sometimes play piano for my own pleasure. Writing, it has always been here, I guess. I, when I was a child, I was writing songs for my cousins to sing. And that was quite ridiculous, but we had a lot of fun and I've always wanted to write, but uh, I guess it improved with my uh, practice of theatre. I have been an assistant director, I have a degree in um, art performing production and uh, knowing my trade helps me to improve my writing in fact. And that's exactly the same thing with opera. I love talking with singers, with composers, with conductors in order to understand the, the way opera is made in order to write some accurate things to give them. What was your first experience with opera? I was a student in Lyon at Ensat, a, a theatre school, and one of my favorite stage directors at that time was Stéphane Braunschweig, and I saw that he was teaching a Wojciech, Berg's Wojciech. And I went, I bought a ticket by myself, I went alone, and it was a big revelation. Why? Because everything was so complete, you know, uh, everyone wants nowadays to do uh, transversality, you heard a lot that word, transversality between arts, but opera is a very complete art. And I was amazed because the kind of art I was dreaming of was before my eyes and I never went until I was, I don't know, uh, 24 maybe. I was going to the theater since I was 15. Oh! 
I've seen a, a lot of beautiful things, but nothing like what was before my eyes that night at the Wojciech. What led you to opera creation? Oh. I was at a point in my writing career, I don't know, I felt like trapped in theater because I knew exactly what I was doing in theater. I had written maybe, I don't know, at that time, four or five plays, but I don't know. It was like I couldn't evolve anymore. I felt... Um, very restrained, and the discovery of opera making, it was, that's kind of a, a cliche, but really a door opening in my experience as an audience, but also as a, a writer. And I discovered that the very material qualities of my writing were in adequation with the libretto writing. And in fact, Maybe, I guess, some of my plays are more librettos than real theater plays. I can't say what is opera, in fact, just like that, but um, I can feel what are the qualities of, uh, of opera writing for the librettos, of course, because I can't compose anything. <laughs> but um, technically, when you are writing a libretto, words are not the same weight, in fact, they they don't occupy space and time the same way than when you write for theater. How different is it between writing for the theater and writing for the opera? That's very different because um, when I write for the theater, I can do whatever I want. I write it, I send it to my publisher, he publishes it, and then someone asks for the rights and maybe stage it. But when you want to write a libretto, you have to speak with a composer at the very beginning, otherwise it's not very interesting. Welcome to my place. The place between somewhere and nowhere. The place that could be any place, between the grey and the grey, between game over and play again. What time is it? I heard you ask, don't deny it. Does time matter? Not at all. In here, the present is wherever I step. The flow of my speech, the sheen of my words, the fluid gestures of my arm, of my end. They create time, so. As long as we are gathered in here, between somewhere and nowhere, between the gray and the gray, time, Don't worry about it. Please, don't. 
how would you describe your writing style? That's quite uh, a difficult question because maybe I'm not the better person to describe it, but it has been described as very lyrical, but in the same time, very precise, very concise. And that's a little bit paradoxical because at the same time, um, there's a lot of words, a lot of images, and at the same time, it can be very brief and very straight to the point. And I guess that's why um, my writing style is, is good for writing librettos. <laughs> As an old friend once said, time is only time, and places are only places. And what is actual is actual only in one time and in one place. Facts, they are like pictures, snapshots, stuck in one time and place, no sooner taken than obsolete already. And truth, whatever that means, love playing hide and seek, neither into the pictures themselves, nor in the course of motion, that their juxtaposition creates, but right in between. Tell us about your first step with Enoa in the Academy of Aix-en-Provence. Oh, such wonderful memories. <laughs> I went to the Opera Creation Workshop that was in... 215, I guess. And for two weeks, we were a group of 12 uh, young opera makers. I wasn't an opera maker at that time. <laughs> I was there to discover uh, opera, what were the possibilities. And that was fantastic because I was there to meet some opera makers. I wanted to know about their traits, you know. Uh, I wanted to, to understand better what were the problem of a composer, the problem of uh, a conductor. I guess if you don't try to, to understand what are the other trades, you can be a good librettist. I guess this, this workshop was a very good place in order to share some difficulties we can encounter in our path in opera making. And what strikes me is that those difficulties are of very different natures, you know. That's sometimes difficult to be taken in consideration when you're a young woman and meeting some other young woman opera maker, uh, maybe you feel stronger, in fact, because you share a lot of things and you don't fear to be judged. What do you want? I don't want to I can help you cross the border that separates this place from the place you came from, but there will be a price to pay.
me help you. Your first experience of, of creation of opera is entitled L'Inconnu de la Seine. Yes. Uh, its English version is called Icon and was created uh, two years ago. Frédéric Nering is the composer. Uh, you wrote the libretto. What's the story behind? It is a myth, in fact. And it all began in a Noah workshop with Martin Krimp and Nicolas Machner. And uh, the workshop was about Orpheus. L'inconnu de la Seine, that's a young girl who drowned in the river Seine. But she was so beautiful that the person at the morgue wanted to keep her smile. So they molded a plaster cast of a smile and of her face, and it became an object that you could find in every bourgeois houses and artist houses in Paris at the end of the 19th century. But uh, the thing is that Nothing happened, in fact, because it has been proven that you can't make that kind of mask on a drowned person. She never existed. And that's fascinating because that's a powerful image to create stories, in fact. We were thinking with Frederick because we met the year before in Opera in Creation, and we thought about La Coudule de la Seine because that's not very... Obvious, but it has a lot of links with Orpheus. The themes of the loss, because she she lost her identity, and we reinvented Orpheus through this plaster cast. In fact, so Icon talks uh, about it's the English version of this yeah. opera. Talks about our obsession with our image. Yeah. Too. What are your other obsession as a librettist, as a dramatist? Oh, ghosts, <laughs> in fact. <laughs> ghosts, it's, it's very useful when you're a dramatist or a librettist because uh, when you have a ghost, it's supposed that there's an unbalanced situation in the past and that something from the past is coming back in order to tell the present that something has to be resolved. So in terms of drama, of action, <laughs> that's very interesting. And I'm fascinated by the history of Europe, for example. And I guess the character of the ghost is something I use in order to, to tell that the problem of the past must be looked at if we want to live the present peacefully. These past years, you have worked on adaptations like Peer Gunt of Ibsen yeah. uh, or Tchener and Tolina in Le Grand Théâtre de, de Genève. Does it help to work on pre-existing frameworks or, or do you prefer to create new structures? Uh, I love creating new structures because I guess we have to, to bring new stories uh, on the opera game. But <laughs> I love working on adaptation or pre-existing uh, works because technically it's, it's very challenging and I love it. I love the way you have to, to take a music that exists already and you have to rearrange the words in order to make it fit 
Because when you work on a creation, most of the time the music isn't written yet. But when I work on, uh, on an adaptation, uh, Cenerentolina, for example, you are lifted by the, the music and you, you have to make a mix between what you want to make it sound and Rossini, <laughs> in fact. And that's very joyful, that's, very, that's sometimes very challenging because you have to be very precise. I love doing that kind of thing, yeah. There's a lot of uh, composers, uh, composers I can meet in Enoa workshop or in X. I love to listen at, but I feel I couldn't write an opera with them, for example. And uh, sometimes uh, hearing some works from a composer, you know. You know that uh, the way you are writing and that kind of music can match. I couldn't tell. But that's very obvious. qualities does an opera need today? I guess, oh, I will say it. Maybe it has to be out of fashion. Because following the trends, you're already behind, in fact. And I guess we, we don't have to fear to be old-fashioned sometimes. There's a lot of ways to tell stories and you can deconstruct it, but st the story is still here. And that's very important to me. We can make old style stories and that could be very modern. We don't have to fake the contemporary thing, in fact. S sometimes people are saying that what I'm doing is too lyrical or too symbolist or too... I don't care because I think those things have to be uh, completed with the music. And sometimes the music can have the same, the same qualities and sometimes It can be very different and make a, a kind of clash, I don't know. And that's very interesting, in fact. Are you currently working on a, on a second opera? I had no opportunity at the moment. I hope it will come very soon because I have a lot of, of ideas. But of course, it has to meet uh, the ideas of a composer. What will help you? The relationship to the composer is something very precious. But on the other side, that's very difficult because that's not very common for a librettist to be at the very beginning of a project. Librettists should be seen a little bit differently. We can bring a lot of ideas and we can bring new stories to the opera game. Maybe it's something that can evolve. 
That's why these Enoa workshops are very precious because you can meet composers and, and start creating. With Enoa, you can work, meet and work. <laughs> That's very simple, but not so common, in fact. What do you really want to achieve through opera in terms of communication with the public? That's very important to me that, to say that opera can be for anyone, not for everyone, but for anyone. You never know who is going to be moved by opera. I wasn't supposed to be an opera maker. If I never bought that cheap ticket when I was 23 or 24, maybe I would never have written any libretto. But maybe it's our responsibility to create the chance that anyone can be moved. The access to opera is, very, is something very important to me. Thank you, Sabrina Pierre. Thank you. A podcast by Enoa, developed with the support of the Creative Europe Programme of the European Union.